up, nerds? This is In My Expert Opinion, a podcast about the nonfiction side of speculative fiction. Your hosts are Dr. Marcus Cole. I get paid to do science. Sarah Ward. I'm a scientist in progress. And me, Abby Cole. I'm not a scientist at all. Join us as we geek out about the made-up stuff we love and the real stuff that shaped it. Today we're going to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender, the mechanics of bending, and possible ways of harnessing the four elements. Nice. Yeah, man. I've loved this Atlas series we've been on, and you guys have both brought really awesome topics, so I hope I can continue the trend. No pressure. I think this mechanics of bending stuff sounds super cool, because like, who hasn't watched Avatar and been like, fuck, I wish I could do that, I right? I wish I like, could do this. Dude, if I could lightning bend... Do you guys feel like you are uh, like a kinship with any of the particular types oh, of bending? Dude, this was this is actually how I was planning on hoping. I was wanted to ask you both, like, Hell what yeah. kind of bender would you be? And no, you can, your answer cannot be Avatar and having all like the bending ability. Okay, okay, okay. Well, the fact that you think I might answer Avatar shows that you truly don't know me at all. <laughs> uh, I think it shows that Marcus really wants to be the Avatar and was like, wait, no, I can't say that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm so reluctant <laughs> to give myself any powers at all. Uh, I don't know. Let me think about it for a second. Somebody else go first. <laughs> yeah, Marcus, why don't you start it off since you're oh, the man. one who uh, okay. wanted to talk about it? Fine. I'll answer my own question. So, dude, it, it's it's airbending all the way. Okay. For, like, a couple of reasons. Like, one, like, the utility. Like, I can use yes. airbending, like, indoors safely. I don't have to worry about things setting on fire, getting things <laughs> wet, or, like, destroying, like, the foundation of my home. Um, But also as, like, a chemist. And, like, this was, like, mm-hmm. the nerdiest, like, shit I probably, like, thought of. I was, like... I could literally create oh, like a it? vacuum bag as I'm like okay. running reactions. So I could like, <laughs> like if you could really be a good airbender, you could like control the flow of certain gases through like the little vortex you create. So I would literally yeah. have the perfectly degassed reactions all the time. So what you're saying is you're like, <laughs> fuck glove boxes. Fuck oh, a yeah. glove bag even. Dude, fuck a glove bag. Fuck a schlank line. I don't even yeah. need it. I'm degassing. I'm keeping things inert through the power of bending. Mm-hmm. okay <laughs> i guess it requires some kind of like fine-tuned control that i don't really know what are they actually bending you know what i mean like when yeah. you're talking about water bending what they're bending is water which is why they can manipulate plants but mm-hmm. what are, what do they mean by air can you like separate out like the the different components of air like you could bend the nitrogen or the oxygen exactly i'm assuming as in you know what i'm and no. also i'm a willing you know what i'm willing <laughs> to put the work in to get my bending levels to that that level of precision and accuracy? Yes, that like I can literally feel different gases that I'm bending. This is an incredible idea, <laughs> but also like just absolute lunacy. <laughs> it's pretty good though. Hey, it's 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 fiction. There this is, is my expert yeah, opinion. Yes. <laughs> this is our yes, speculations yes, yes. on speculative fiction. Okay. Okay. That was not the answer I expected. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was the answer that I, I, I'm glad I got to have it's it. It's the one you needed. <laughs> it's the one I needed, yeah. Um, I I think that waterbending is the coolest, I think. Mm-hmm. But I feel like uh, I I vibe with the firebending more. That's fair. Okay. Like emotionally, you mean? Oh. Uh, Yeah, it just feels, it feels right. So you're like an Azula type 
Thanks. Yeah, all the firebenders there are. I'm okay, so listen, glad you picked her. She's like the best one, though. I know. I mean, she's like objectively the best no one. No shade at Azula. Mm-hmm. She was the she dopest. She had fire. So cool. She had the hottest fire, literally, based on yeah. the color of the she fire. She was awesome. Yeah. Yes. Azula is great. Uh, very, very nuanced and interesting villain. And it's not her fault that she had so much like child trauma and baggage yeah, because no. of her, both of her parents. Right. Uh, how about you, Sarah? I would say I like want to say fire because I think firebending is the coolest. Do you really? I, I love mm. firebending. It's so huh. awesome. But I feel like the correct answer for me actually is earthbending. I think that's right. You're way. You're yeah. such a tough man. i think that's right i think i like actually really vibe with like earthbending as this like really like solid stubborn aggressive style of like being you know what i mean yes i think earthbending is the right choice for you that makes sense i mean like especially like i love toff spectacular Mm -hmm. amazing greatest earthbender Mm -hmm. ever but also watching at the beginning of the second season when they have that like tournament of earthbenders and it's like the boulder and yes. stuff like that. And I'm like, I love all of these fighting styles. Yeah. Very cool. Very oh true, true, true. Yeah. I feel like I guess there wasn't really like a a tribe of like bender that like I associated with because I'm like, I like air bending, but I'm not trying to be like an air no bad. If there were like air chemists. Well, if you're looking at Korra specifically, and no spoilers, but oh, yeah. the group of airbenders that come out in Korra. That is that true. Is just, that That's group so many is probably spoilers. where you would be in. No, because yeah. we already kind of talked about like, all right, there being airbending <laughs> as a bigger deal in Korra. I'm yeah, just saying like, yeah. I'm not saying, I'm not naming names. I'm just saying that like, you would probably fit in better with that group of people than like the nomads of Aang. Yeah, th- that's my whole vibe. And we're, we'll, we'll revisit this when we do Korra. Yeah. It, it's hard not to talk about Korra when you're talking about Atla. Well, especially when you're talking about bending. I it. know. Because, uh, like, I mean, and we're going to about to get into it. It's like the fighting styles obviously change when you go between those two shows mm-hmm, to yeah. a certain extent. Like, there's, like, the fundamentals of a lot of the bending stays the same. But obviously, with, like, the pro bending league and all that other stuff, it really kind of innovated the style of bending. Is that where you wanted to start us off today, Marcus, with the uh, sort of martial arts influences on bending? Yeah, that's. I was gonna like say like let's get into it and let's do it. Start us off from there, and I did want to like have uh, start with a quote from um, one of the uh, creators. I think it uh, was Brian Konietzko, uh that said this. So um, he said, uh, "Mike and I were really interested in other um, epic." legend and lore on properties so he's talking about like creating the actual show like mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. he was talking about like harry potter and lord of the rings but we knew that we wanted to take a different approach to that type of genre and our love of japanese anime hong kong action and kung fu cinema yoga and eastern philosophies led us to the initial inspiration for avatar the last airbender end quote and i mean this is clearly reflected in this show um like the the eastern inspiration as opposed to a lot of other like cartoons on tv yeah, I mean, it's clearly an American show that's inspired by Asia in general. Yeah. Eastern, Southeastern, Southern Asia, like all of those things come into play. Yeah. And I really feel like this probably at like maybe the time when this did come out, I think it helped people kind of get more into things like anime because it was like a good on ramp because it wasn't like it, it wasn't really like an anime necessarily, but it was an easy way for like people that like, oh, I'm going to like, I don't like watching things with subtitles. I want to hear something like English, but still like seeing like the artwork and the fighting styles and some of the mythology. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, for me, I almost got more into anime after like watching Avatar. It's like a- I feel like it was a good on-ramp for the people who missed the initial on-ramps of the 90s, which were yeah. like Sailor Moon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon and Dragon Ball. Like, mm-hmm. so if you weren't in that on-ramp, then Avatar coming out like a decade later for yeah. some of it, or like five to ten years later, like was like the introduction. Huh. And it's funny because like I watched all those shows, but I never like really got like deep into- anime because honestly like once all that stuff came out i i completely pivoted into like superhero shit right whereas right. people like me watched dragon ball z and like pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and sailor moon and went wow this shit's awesome and yep, then and i like, kept on deep. with it and then i went to shonen and i started watching like bleach and naruto and shit like that the beginning of the end yeah well you know it is what it is but yeah when it relates to avatar the last airbender and a lot of the inspiration for the show martial arts is clearly integral to mm-hmm. all aspects of the show because these are I, mean, <laughs> almost, I, I think it's rare if we have an episode where there's not a fight scene there might there might be a few where like iroh's just kind of like spitting some proverbs drinking tea but like yeah there's a couple like low fight episodes <laughs> yeah. but there's still at least a little bit of fighting and like and you get to see so many different styles and based on like what people have reported like there's a men's health article that kind of like dives into like the different kinds of styles that inspire avatar based on interviews Incredible. with the creators mm-hmm. yeah no it was i i i don't i think it came out in like 2012 a- actually you know this article in men's health came out in may 2020 so this was during the pandemic i guess people were getting no back shit. into like avatar that was when it got on netflix oh, oh that's right it dropped on netflix last year yeah You're wow. right you know what's sad i thought that was longer ago because i've watched the whole series through multiple times since it's dropped i mean the pandemic has truly been an age and it felt like there had to be years. <laughs> so uh, what were what were the influences for, for bending, the martial arts influences? So there are four like main, the four main bending styles. And then obviously like we kind of have like our um, like spinoff versions of like lightning bending, blood bending, and then like Toss even got kind of like her own style of martial arts. Yeah. So like, I mean, I, the, the men's health article kind of is like a nice, uh, platform to kind of get started in understanding like the inspiration for these martial arts but obviously like you want to see people using these fighting styles before you're like oh it's definitely this yeah and as someone that's like not a fighter but have friends that are fighters like Mm -hmm. fighting is very nuanced and there's so many different like versions of like kung fu or tai chi or whatever you're talking about that like Mm -hmm. it's never going to be exactly perfect and also like when you're trying to like create a mythical aspect yeah, I mean, if, the, if at the same time you're, like, summoning fire, that's obviously gonna change what you're doing. Wait, is Tai Chi fighting? It, but the, the motions, uh, which we'll get to, are associated with one of the bending styles. You can probably guess which one. Yes, I can guess. Yeah. Okay, but it's not, it's, not, it's not fighting, is it? Um, It's a martial art. It's a martial arts. I see. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Yeah, so we'll start with um, air bending, um, which is inspired by what's called uh, Bagua Zhang. Uh, which I guess translates to the eight trigram palm, which is a reference to the style of fighting. So um, in a lot mm-hmm. of the videos with like uh Zhang masters, if you like see someone that's like really good, they almost do move like the wind. That very fluid. Yes, super fluid, but their palms are always open. That's very cool. In reference to the name. And what's the country or culture of origin for this one? Uh, China. China, got yeah. it. Yeah, these are all um, from Chinese martial arts, yeah. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to Korra, it like kind of branches out a lot. Exactly. And like the whole like eight um, trigram thing is actually from, it's a Taoist symbol 
that was used by a lot of the, um, I guess, monks or um, experts of that time to kind of understand fundamental principles of reality. And like, I didn't want to go that deep into this, but if if you've ever seen the like yin and yang symbol, mm-hmm. yin and yang is a part of that. And so this is like this really kind of like interesting symbol for the these group of people, but it kind of connects this form of martial arts with a uh, spiritual component. Right. It's interesting because the yin and yang thing shows up in Avatar, but it's the water bending thing, right? Yeah, the right. Fishies. The, the two water spirits um, who teach them how to bend. And it's like what the mood in the ocean spirit, I think. Yeah. Anyway, that makes sense that they would use like a very, like this very fluid, something associated with like spirituality and like mm-hmm. meditation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, especially because as we mentioned before, the airbending, the air nomads are more of the spiritual kind of approach to things. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of like almost explicitly Buddhist without saying mm-hmm. the word Buddhist. Yes. Yeah. And I would say almost like only second to them or second to them would be the waterbending tribes that are like in, I mean, we're not going to talk about Korra, but spirituality gets very important. We have to talk, I'm sorry, this is like the 50th time we've said we're not going to talk about Korra. (laughs) You can see the spirituality though, even in the first part of Avatar in the first book because of the the moon and like the ocean spirits that teach them things. And whenever one of the spirits is injured, it like negatively affects their bending overall. And Mm -hmm. it's like a thing that like has to be rectified by transferring a soul kind of thing yeah. like it's this whole spiritual thing anyway even before Korra and it was Sokka it was Sokka's first heartbreak he had to watch his 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 boo turn into a spirit <laughs> that's rough buddy that was really all I wanted to say about Bakugan there it's a pretty good parallel to airbending there is like a really cool scene um actually the second episode when after the fire nation and like zuko realize that ang's with like the southern water tribe so after like zuko comes in and like Aang basically turns himself over when mm-hmm. he's trying to escape the boat and like Zuko like traps him in that room. All Aang is basically doing is like walking circles around Zuko, like literally just bending the air. And like, it's so annoying for Zuko because he's like trying to oh, fight like a right. firebender. And there are these moves in these videos that I watch are literally just like walking in circles is integral in Bagua Zhang. Like that's like a whole part of it and changing your direction, but always keeping your palms yeah. open People say that this is a uh, more defensive martial art, but when uh-huh. I watched like actual like trainers and masters do this, this looked like a very often like this was a well balanced <laughs> martial art. Like it wasn't like oh yeah, I just like spin and walk circles around you and blah blah blah. It's like I will strike when I have an opportunity, but I'm always supposed to be very grounded, constantly moving. I guess it's defensive in the sense of like some other martial arts are like you just tackle people, right? Like, <laughs> so yes, it, it wasn't just all like full on like aggro. I'm attacking you like 100 percent of the time. But yeah, it, it was really cool that like that particular scene really captures the uh, Bajong influence really well. Okay, so we'll just keep on moving down the list. Hell yeah! What's next? Now we're at water bending. Um, can you guess which uh, martial arts this is? Tai Chi. There we go. <laughs> I did it. So fluid. Yeah, fluid. Tai Chi actually has some of its inspiration from uh, Bagua Zhang, just with like mm-hmm. the way that like you flow and like some of the movements, which is kind of like uh, even if you want to relate back to the show, like Aang had an easier time kind of like learning water bending from air bending versus like the issues he had with like earth and then ultimately fire was just the hardest one. Yeah, he picks it up like super fast because it's just like a slightly different way of moving his body. Like, yeah. I right. feel like more in the arms than in the feet kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it seems like intentional, like the way like they kind of like wrote that in the show and like the mm-hmm. similarities between the two techniques. 
up until this week, I had never seen anyone, like, actually, like, using Tai Chi to fight. And it's really interesting because, like, again, like, it's really about flow and having, like, good stability. But also, Tai Chi's been really, like, I guess, popularized in, like, Western culture because of a lot of, like, the internal aspects of it. Yeah, as something that's, like, a meditative, like, state of yeah. being. Oh, got it. And the same with, mm-hmm. like, I guess, like, yoga is, right? Like, people using it for exercise, but also just as a general way of, like, kind of grounding themselves. Can I tell you guys a Tai Chi story? Yeah. Right after I graduated high school, I went to China with three other students from my high school. All the nerds? Well, it was like part of one of those like educational foundation like tour things, but only like four people signed up. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we like flew into Beijing. We went to the Great Wall. And right before we went to the Great Wall, we like stopped somewhere and we had like a, a guided Tai Chi lesson thing. Amazing. That's awesome. Oh, it's so terrible. This dude with us, one of my like friends, dislocated his knee halfway <gasps> through the lesson and we were in oh China. I know, it was so bad. And we were in China oh for no. two whole weeks and he like on the second day there dislocated his knee doing Tai Chi. Oh no. Dude. Oh my A complete God. disaster. I felt so bad. That sucks, man. That's terrible, that terrible, but also pretty funny. Wow. Doing Tai Chi. Chi yeah. Especially because it was like baby Tai Chi for people who didn't know what they were doing. It was like... I've twisted my ankle sitting down in a chair before. I believe that this is possible. I mean, I've twisted my ankle at a putt-putt golf course. Like, yeah, I get dude. it, you know? It's, I partially <laughs> tore my ACL literally playing dodgeball. Well, dodgeball, you do run and jump. I know, I know but, but still, it, though, it's, it's dodgeball. It's embarrassing to say it's yeah. dodgeball. <laughs> mm. No, that you just have to follow it up with, like, all the stuff you did while after you heard it to, like, validate. Like, it didn't hurt that bad. Like, I ran the rest of my cross-country season. It was, like, totally fine. I went to the Great Wall of China. <laughs> I'm so tough. <laughs> Anyway, that was my Tai Chi story. <laughs> nice. So we're going to keep on moving down the list. Keep on trucking. It's not water bending, but it's not earth bending, but it's not really in between those two either. Is it fire bending? What? No, <laughs> no it's blood bending. <laughs> oh, it's blood bending? Oh, a subset, a subset of water bending. Yeah. Got it. It was like with a uh, Hama. Mm-hmm. That shit was creepy. Dude, yeah. Well, so like, I mean- all things considered, I feel for Hama because it's like, yo, you were in a Fire Nation prison for years. I, like, understand why you're mad. I mean, like, yeah, like, violence isn't always the answer, but eh, whatever. Yeah. And she also clearly had PTSD and a lot of trauma. Yeah. Over, like, just being tortured, so. Like, I don't see her as, like, a villain. For context, this is, like, an old lady who who kidnaps a bunch of people under the mountain by, like, bloodbending them there. Uh, But, yeah, she's deeply traumatized from her, her time in a prison camp, so. There's some level of sympathy. Mm-hmm. It was very, very cruel and inhumane. So, like, yeah, she probably shouldn't have been like kidnapping rando villagers. But also, <laughs> I get, I get why this like trauma was, you know, prompting yes. her to act in this way. Exactly. Also, like, if honestly, if the Fire Nation hadn't really like captured her and put her through that level of like torture and imprisonment, she wouldn't have discovered bloodbending in the first place. Probably. Well, maybe she would have eventually, yeah. but like, maybe eventually. But she said it was like explicitly like a thing of how she became in tune with like the moon cycle because with full moon, uh, like water are at the height of their power so it was Mm -hmm. like because she was in the state of constant dehydration that even the slightest change in her ability to manipulate water was like apparent to her basically blood bending allows you to like manipulate somebody's body by water bending the blood in it yeah you basically treat them like puppets yeah Mm -hmm. so creepy yeah but the fighting style that uh inspired blood bending according to people on the internet and watching some videos i kind of agree with Uh them is that uh china but it focuses on controlling and locking one's limbs and joints. And so it it really does huh. kind of look like when um Hama's like like controlling people and like she'll like lock her wrist and like move them back and forth and it's like very use jerky. them like puppets. Yeah. 
again, like, I mean, this is a projection of this style onto this technique. So, like, you, when you are using Chi you are, like, trying to fight people. So, like, you're mm-hmm. not just going to be, like, doing, like, puppet-type motions when you're doing this. Like, if you're locking your elbows or your joints, it's then to, like, create, like, some tension and then, like, strike. That's interesting. But interesting. It, yeah, but it's, but it's very much... You, if you look at someone, they might look like they were being controlled by blunt bending if they were like practicing chinah, just like the way they're moving their body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm gonna look that one up. That's very cool. Chinah is really cool. Um, the next one, which is earth bending. Uh huh. Um, I am so mad at the live action movie now that I've seen the what the the live action Avatar the, movie. What movie? <laughs> The live action Avatar movie. Uh, the live uh, action. They made a live action movie. There's no such thing. <laughs> what? There's, There's no, no such thing that, that exists. The- what? There's no such what thing. What are you talking about? Are you talking about? A, did you have like a fever dream? I don't know. I don't know what this is. <laughs> There's no live action movie. There's no Warren Bossing say. I reject the existence of a live action movie. And they're not. They're definitely not airing the live action Last Avatar: The Last Airbender movie in Bossing Say because there's no. I actually went and saw that movie in theaters. <laughs> Fucked up. I haven't seen it. Oh man, not a good time. I won't see it. I reject its existence. If I can't see it, it doesn't exist, dude. Um, what did they? What did they do to fuck up Earthbending in the live action movie? How dare you bring it up? First of all, so just to like for context, Earthbending is inspired by uh, an martial arts card, uh, Hungar. It's a I think that's like a subset of Kung Fu. Okay. But all of these martial arts have so many different kinds of strikes and styles and subsets. It's hard to like be like, oh yeah, this is 100% like where they got the earthbending from. But there are like very clear moves that are like, I guess, distinct to Hungar that I saw just like watching some movies. Um, Kind of like, you know how like Toph like will like strike her foot down to like feel the vibrations and like the ground that Mm -hmm. she's around or like when they try to shoot stone like from the ground, like little spikes. That's very much from like Hungar, like that step. And, like, you're sliding okay, your foot. Got it. And kind of, like, the really strong stances, like, wide, um, like, hips and kind of, like, arms at your side. Sturdy. But in the movie made by some director that may or may not exist, these earthbenders literally just looked like they were levitating rocks and just, oh, like, huh, Yes, I do huh, remember that. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. and they're literally moving boulders. Meanwhile, in the movie, we actually get to see, like, this is a very show, active form of, or, yeah, sorry, in the show. You get a really active form of bending, like, they're able to, like, shoot spikes out of the ground, pick up rocks, kick them at people. This is, though, this is, as far as I understand, the only way in which the live-action movie let anybody down. The what movie? <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of movie? Uh, but, yeah, so if you ever want to see some, like, I get, like, there's a lot of really good, like, martial arts movies, um, but... The Ungbok series okay. is really I would like I, I haven't watched anything like all the way through since I was like a kid, but like the fight scenes are spectacular. And they uh, some of them use uh Hungar. And mm-hmm. these are you can have people running through towns and having really interesting scenes and like grappling and kicking and like so much that could translate into really good earth bending, but yeah. we happen to get some guys lifting rocks. So if you want to see some pretty interesting just martial arts and get some real hungar, uh, watch Avatar The Last Airbender, the mm-hmm. TV show, mm-hmm. or the Young Box series, but stay away from the live action film. Um, okay, uh, uh, and we'll we'll do a little uh, pit stop while we're in uh, Earthbending, just to talk about Toph's uh, style of bending. Yeah, I actually know this one. Oh, what is it? Praying Mantis style. Yeah. It's the Shugar Southern Praying Mantis style. So cool. Yeah, but, like, I guess, like, the biggest difference is, like, 
the balance element and like how your feet really guide you Mm -hmm. in this like style. And like, I mean, like obviously like praying mantis, like you can like kick and like punch still. Yeah. When it comes to like Toph, she would like definitely get into like a full on like fight. Like obviously like when like, she, oh, when she's like fighting like the daily, like it doesn't like look that close to like praying mantis. She like looks like she's just doing hardcore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or bending. But like when she is like in the tournament and she's kind of just sliding her feet around and taking people off balance and like just feeling the ground beneath her. It's very similar to praying mantis style. Yeah. Makes sense for someone who's yeah. blind and in exactly. the show has to like see by like vibrations in the earth. It's so mm-hmm. cool though, like watching her like constantly just like gently kind of slide her feet around and then she gets mm-hmm. like really aggressive. Yeah. And I know I guess this like style is pretty amenable to like close range attacks, which as like a blind person would be advantageous to you if you like e- were an expert in this because like that's going to be where you can really do your best fighting mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. when like, okay, like I can get hold of this person because they're close enough. I don't even have to worry about seeing them. Now I'm just going to... Just start wailing. Mm-hmm. Well, also, like, Toph's, she's probably one of the best benders from the show. Easily. I mean, if you're looking what? at best benders, yeah. like, Toph is the best earthbender in the same way that Azula oh, yeah. is the best firebender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess it was, like, before we meet Toph, I guess it, you could say it's Boomy. Yeah, but Toph invented metal bending. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And we can talk about this because this was in Atla. Um, her, like, discovering the metal bending and, like, breaking out, get, like, running into the woods, her, like, captors, like, come back, like, there's a giant hole in the cage. How, like, oh, yeah. where could she be? <laughs> giant metal box they put her in. So, like, 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 oh. And she just can, kicks them in there, but the way she grabs the metal and just crunches it like paper. <laughs> just like, okay. pretty dark. Dude, like, it's so wow. awesome. I love it. Oh. That part was also really cool because it was, like, this juxtaposition of, like, Aang doing his, like, spiritual, like, unlocking of chakra stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you cut over to Toph, like, meditating with, like, uh, the metal box and, like, sensing the earth particles. And then, like, Aang still doing his, like, spiritual stuff. And then it cuts to Toph just, like, ripping metal open with her bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> was there a, also a, a martial arts thing for metal bending? Because to me, it kind of just looks like hulking out. But I don't know if there's um... something more nuanced that it was grounded in. It just says the Incredible Hulk under the sources section. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think we'll we'll we should probably save that for Korra because the metal yeah, bending the gets a little deeper. Style is very cool in Korra. Oh, you're right, you're right. We're not going to talk about Korra though. We're not. We're not going to talk about Korra. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely not talking about Korra, guys. What, what's our not talking about Korra count at this point? Like five, six. <laughs> at least five, yeah. It's too bad this isn't a video because otherwise I'd have like a thing at the bottom ding, when editing. Ding, That's like ding. a ding. <laughs> I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep on going down the list because we only got two more of the fighting styles. Um, so obviously we're getting to fire bending at this point, which is based off of Northern Shaolin Kung Fu, which is like if you watch a mm-hmm. lot of like Kung Fu movies or like fighting movies, like th- this is. I would say I think Westerners know more about Tai Chi as like a practice but if i if you were like oh like what do like what kind of fighting styles are in like movies someone's gonna say kung fu yeah oh, absolutely well because it's sort of a genre unto itself exactly because yeah? there's like multiple kinds of like kung fu and i think a lot of people like would even like, maybe like say like oh yeah shaolin style yeah and i mean if any of you uh are down with the wu-tang clan if you like like that kind of hip top you you uh-huh. really mess with the shaolin style and the kung fu because that's like that was cool and this is a weird tangent but like when hip-hop meets like kung fu aesthetic Mm. in like I, I don't know i'm not gonna go further but i it, it's really cool that this happened <laughs> but yeah so the shaolin style like obviously like there's a lot of different like versions and what takes on it but shaolin style of like kung fu is reflected well in firebending in like the fierce attacks 
and like the fast moving oh man like even like the groundwork when they do like the spinning kicks to generate fire Mm -hmm. i don't know like it's a very like uh i guess ferocious like kind of like style it's like these are sure yeah yeah it's ferocious. Fire- <laughs> <laughs> but like you literally have like Zuko like punching the air and sending balls of fire out sometimes. Or like yeah. people doing these crazy spin moves and all this stuff. So like good. it is like a really aggressive fighting style. Yeah. The the one thing that I I mean, I didn't watch like all of the Shaolin fighting videos on YouTube. Sure, I watched yeah. a good amount. But this, You didn't watch every single one. <laughs> I tried. I tried to watch so many. But the one thing that is also similar to Firebending is that the kind of the lack of defense. Like, they're obviously, like, you can block, like, different kinds of attacks and kind of, like, try to like, get out of grapples. But mm-hmm. I would say it's different in the sense from uh, the airbending technique, which, like, literally, like, part of, like, the Bakuwa Zhang was part of learning defensive techniques as, like, right. a part of your mm-hmm. movement versus, like, I think defense is just kind of, like, a part a necessary part of fighting is like, okay, you don't want to get hit all the time, but not necessarily integral to uh, the Shaolin style that we see in Avatar The Last Airbender. Like, I would definitely say that firebenders are the least efficient at defense compared to everyone else. Like, earthbenders at least have, like, the sturdiness aspect um, and, like, well, can they can also, like, trap someone in earth. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, waterbenders and airbenders are over here, like, moving around so much that it's, like, impossible to hit them. Like, that's the whole thing with Aang, right? Is that he's, yeah. like, really, really hard to hit, partly because he's so mobile. Be the Whereas, yeah. like, firebenders, like, they just kind of take hits. <laughs> they, like, get knocked over all the time. And, like, Constantly. sometimes I can get a wall of fire up. But they, like, almost never have anything defensive like anyone else. Yeah, for sure. Normally when they're fighting with fire, like, they just take the hits and just brush the fire off. Like, there's not That's even, true. like, a, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna get a little singed and go right through it. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, they like, do a lot of just <laughs> jump and head on into attacks. I feel like Zuku was on the ground, like, 50% of the time because he just kept getting hit by shit. Mm-hmm. The dude had, like, no self-preservation. No, but. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Azula, I think, was, like, the closest one to being defensive. And that oh, was partly because yeah. it looked like she incorporated a lot of, like, Tai Lee's, like, mm-hmm. martial arts into it. Where she would, like, hit people's, like, hands like and legs away from her and stuff. Yeah, yeah she was, yeah. like, flipping around. Whereas most firebenders were like, uh, okay, sure. A lot of firebenders rely, like, solely on their fire, and they're not necessarily, like, fighters. Like, Azula's just, like, a badass fighter that just has really strong firepowers, too. Yeah, absolutely. But speaking of Azula, when I think of lightning bending, I don't normally think of Ira. I think of Azula. (laughs) Even though, like, I know, like... Yeah, for sure. I mean, she, like, does it constantly. Honestly, lightning bending, pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Very, very, cool. and uh, like honestly, like when they're lightning bending, it is very different from fire bending. Yeah, I mean, Ira even points out that it's kind of like water bending. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you need to have a clear mind, be stable. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot have this like you a know, fire like bender. Azula. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she does have like a cold clearness to her, right? Yes. I just don't think she's stable. Well, no. no. I mean, she's punched that trauma down so hard yeah. that it looks like stability up until the last moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she's like rolling on the ground, breathing fire, just in oh, like a so state sad. of hysteria. Yeah. It's truly a heartbreaking mm. and wonderful, as beautifully executed scene that last yeah. one with the fight between Zuko and Azula. It's yeah. beautifully done. Yeah. Sh- shout out to the 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 writers that wrote oh, that score so and that the was so artists good. and yeah. the creators, man. Shout out. But yeah, so the martial arts that inspires lightning bending is uh, Pakichan, which is, I would say there's maybe like one particular thing about this fighting style that is reflected in lightning bending. And it's like this circular hand motion as Mm -hmm. you're about to like build up a strike or like knock someone's hand away. 
that we like clearly uh, see them do all the time. They have their two fingers and then they start to create yeah. like the string of electricity and then mm-hmm. execute it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that that I'm pretty sure that definitely came directly from uh, Bati Chong. Nice. Overall, I like think the men's health article actually captured this pretty well. Like I don't think there were any like just red flags like, oh yeah, this is definitely not inspired by that. Um, but yeah, so now that we kind of talked about the fighting styles, I want to spend like the little bit of time we have left talking mm-hmm. about the fictional side of like how you could even get bending to happen like how you could generate (laughs) it yourself yeah okay wait i have an idea i have an idea i'm going to remove my um the bones in my forearms okay and replace them with blow torches wow your whole forearm and not just your fingers yeah well i figure i mean i would need a bigger blow torch no but like replacing the small bone at the end and then you could have it all coming out of your fingers is there enough fuel in there (laughs) yeah I think I would just blow really hard. Yeah. That's airbending, right? Just going like, <sighs> I'm just going to start throwing rocks yeah, right? at people. <laughs> it's a super soaker. I would prefer to not like be able to do this without uh, having to modify my, my appendages. Yeah, sure. Did you find a way? Yeah. What did you find? Wait, place people normally start is like, okay, fundamental like forces of like the universe. Like, I mean, like, I feel like most people with science would just like jump to electromagnetism because like strong nuclear forces aren't really relevant for like bending. Mm-hmm. Like you're not trying to like create like an atom bomb. What are, I'm so lost. You so, fully, you, th- I started out at the beginning of that sentence, I was with you. And then at the end of it, I was gone. Are we talking about scientists or not? We, no, we're not talking about scientists, but it was just, okay. it was mainly just to say that when people are trying to propose mechanisms for bending, they do at least start from a logical place when trying to think ah. about the fundamental forces of reality. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, got it. And Thank normally you. they'll they'll like read <laughs> about them and like strong nuclear forces, weak nuclear forces, gravitational like electromagnetism, and they always end up being like, okay, electromagnetism makes sense. Like these are how like bonds are formed. Like these like chemical reactions, like all that stuff. Like our electronics are like driven by these forces. So so is bending, or at least like if you're trying to think think about ways to manipulate matter. Yeah, you'd probably look at electromagnetism instead of gravity. Yeah, got it. My new plan is to um um strap a battery pack to my back. Okay. And um like one of those little things that you put your hand on and your hair stands up. Okay. Those little yep. sparky mm-hmm, balls. Mm-hmm. That's gonna go on one hand and then the other one is gonna have blow torches for fingertips. Got it. Yeah, I mean I think that's pretty much all you need. So what do you actually need, Marcus? I mean, honestly, this is still up for debate, but like every some people think that it's like, okay, the when one particular person on the internet, like, wanted to look at, like, the math of, like, okay, I've gotten, like, to electromagnetism and, like, now I'm, like, I'm going to talk about the chemistry. And they were trying to do, like, the amount of energy you would need to, like, generate, like, a fireball or to move a certain mass of, like, or volume of water. Yeah, I think it's about one third level spell slots worth. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is exactly where people start. I saw someone that was like, well, I based this on the description of a fireball in D&D. Excellent. Fuck yeah. Are you joking? Nice. Nice. They wanted nice. to figure out how much energy it takes to make a fireball. And he roughly approximated that it was like 400. The calorie count that you would need to generate this energy would be about 400,000 Big Macs. And I don't know why that was the unit of measurement they chose. Uh, I'm sorry, but what that unit? <laughs> they went from kilogo- kilojoules of like energy and they were like, to well, calories that would mean to Big Macs? Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did you find somewhere on the internet 
I might even shout the internet out if this is true. You found someone who is taking D&D spell slot levels and converting it to actual real world units of measurement of energy. For the sake of Avatar. For the sake sake of Avatar? Okay, wait, hold on. I want to stop that, though, because actually they didn't convert it to real world units. They went to real world units and then they went to Big Macs, which is not a real world unit. But if if you're not a scientist, like... <laughs> okay, I can, I just want to point out that even a non-scientist can relate to gigajoules as a yeah, big-ass number so. versus Big Mac. No, yeah. no, I disagree. I mean, I, okay, no, I don't disagree that they can, but I'm saying it's evocative. Being like 20,000 Big Macs is way more evocative than like a number of kilojoules, which is an abstract. I just hate it. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> I, I, that's fair, but I think it's more I think it's more evocative. They said it was 1 billion kilojoules of heat, so I underestimated that, but it was 460,000 Big Macs. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, At least amazing. we know right. the number of Big anyway, Macs. Anyway, what were we talking about? We were talking about how to make bending work. <laughs> Okay. And these are like people that were just not even like just the, the this was the mechanics is like, well, like how, how much, much energy, energy it would. Yeah. I was like, how did we get here? <laughs> yep. So I'll wrap us up with these last like few things. The the one person that I found on the Internet who actually I think has a background on science or in science is um, Zaz Steele, who's posted so much content and it's always the physics of something. So like. Like, Physics of Avatar The Last Airbender. Well, that's a fun series. Hmm. Shout out to Zaya. Um, your content's great. But they kind of, like, speculate on three um, particular mechanisms for bending. One being that benders are living in a simulation. Boo. Mr. Aang. <laughs> if you want to get rid of, like, the, like, idea of having to manipulate, like, Fun, like fundamental realities of the world. It's like, okay, sure. I'm just going to make this a simulation. That's such a fucking cop, cop out. out. I mean, it's, it's a, a cop out. It's a it's, cop but out. It, but it's the easiest one. It's the easiest <laughs> yeah, one. That's no, what that's a fair. cop out is, man. Yeah, but it's we're just going to get better from here, though. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. The second one was based around bending and as a result of highly unlikely quantum tunneling events. Okay, this, okay. See, this I like. This yeah. I can get behind. Um, okay. And I'm not going to spend too much time on this. We're going to post the article. It's really interesting. But it actually kind of relies on like the whole idea of like many worlds theory in quantum mechanics and strings theory. So sure. long story short, in this particular re- like alternate reality, the quantum entanglements are such that bending is allowed. Okay, yeah, Rad. sure. And, like, we can talk more details if you want to talk about, like, electrons or whatever, but, like, at its fundamental level, that's kind of, like, you can have these tunneling events that then allow for, like, bending and manipulating, manipulation Mm -hmm. of matter. Mm -hmm. The last one, which I, is my favorite and I feel like makes some sense, Mm -hmm. is benders' bodies actually emit uh, quasi-particles that allow them to entangle with specific forms of matter. The, The one thing that it's hard to even, like, rationalize is why, like, Earthbenders can only use earth, fire, like, because the chemistry doesn't always, like, make sense. But, like, this physics does. So everybody should be an avatar is what you're saying. <laughs> if this if this were the theory that's the dominant theory, then more, it would be more likely to have more than one avatar. Mm-hmm. Right? I guess if you have quasi-particles that have specific selectivities, though. Yeah. I don't know what a quasi-particle is, so I'm, I'm talking out of my ass, but. <laughs> but, yeah, they, this one I like the most because it kind of, like, focuses on um energetic ensembles like um like phonons so like highly energized like solid particles normally like sound 
like phononic energy to like like uh if you've ever seen like any of those cool videos on youtube people kind of like like bending the flow of water or like getting sand to form oh. shapes because of the phononic yeah like um or like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, the oscillator of the um time leaves and so, nice. like, the ability to actually kind of, like, shape sand and water through these different forms of energy, like, we can literally see in the real world. So, huh. it can be applied in the easiest way to bending, in the sense that you All can right. have, like, you emit these quasi-particles that can basically transfer energy from you to these systems. Like, you, you'll, you'll see if you put, like, this, like, a stream of water next to a speaker and you apply, like, certain, like, bass in um, different tones, like, the water flow will change it'll like form like a sinusoidal pattern related to the okay. sound wave so if you were emitting these kinds of like energetic um quasi particles that could interact with these things you could in theory manipulate them in that fashion um just to clarify what a quasi particle is one that we have talked about specifically i think we maybe mentioned um already is uh, a hole so that's a quasi particle so like the Got hole it. is the absence of the the electron yeah, and it's, like, really because they're not, like, you can't really measure their complete particle behavior because you're kind of, like, looking at, like, an entire system and that under the conditions, this system no longer behaves like standard, like, water and flow. Like, you, it wouldn't be appropriate to, like, try to describe, like, something experiencing, like, a phononic um, impulse through, like, regular mechanics. So you need almost these, like, quasi-particles to understand, like, why that behavior is happening. That makes sense then to me, like the idea of like emission of quasi particles that can manipulate matter in specific ways. Sadly, we are not actively doing enough research to try to study how we can use uh, quasi particles to manipulate matter so that we can become benders. Yeah. Um, but uh -huh. what we do try to do is be more renewable as a society, which means we're trying to harness energy that already yeah. exists in our world and doesn't produce waste that would be detrimental to life and the environment and all that good stuff. And one of the coolest things I've like seen in terms of innovation of renewable energy that also relate to uh, my favorite form of bending, which would be air, is a project that's sponsored by the Office of Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy from like the United States government. And it's literally called Air to Electron Objective or A2E. The what objective? The air to electron objective. Wow. Meaning that they want to understand all aspects of like wind farms and turbines from the airflow coming in down to the electrons generated. Nice. By like the turbines to make it really efficient because right now the way um, air turbines are kind of set up, they're kind of just like sparsed out in like empty areas of land mm -hmm. and they're all like rotating obviously and generating electricity. But- um, what, and we, you've seen this and, uh, you know what, cause we're closing, we're talking about core. We see when airbenders come together, uh -huh. <laughs> mm -hmm. they can generate a lot of power, large gusts of winds, like tornadoes, things like that. Yeah. And yeah, so the yeah. whole idea of the air to electron project is to be able to like create solar fields where the turbine next to another turbine is driving more wind to it so that you creating like these more powerful. Like a compounding effect. Yes. Rather than what we have right now is just erect, generate power, mm. but we're not really thinking about ways to maximize the efficiency. I see. Yeah. While we're not air nomads yet, we are trying to think, I don't know, I think there's a little bit of bending inspiration in this air to electron objective. And with that, uh, that's my expert opinion. We're Fuck trying yeah, to be man. benders. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We want to be airbenders in the United States. <laughs> Thank you.
Thanks for listening to In My Expert Opinion. Please remember to rate and subscribe. We'd also be grateful if you'd leave a review with your expert opinion on why this podcast is rad. Five-star reviews will get a shout-out on the podcast. Pretty big deal if you ask me. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at expertoppod or email inmyexpertopinion at gmail.com. Later, nerds. <laughs>